It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council. I'm here with you again as we are counting down the days until the 2021 NFL Draft. I personally cannot wait for it to be here. I don't know about y'all. I'm tired of talking about the draft. Maybe you're tired about hearing about the draft, tired about me talking about a left tackle, whether it makes any sense to have a quarterback at eight and all that. Well, we're almost to the day. Thursday night, where we'll finally know what the Carolina Panthers do. So just a couple more days, and then we can finally move on and look at what the Carolina Panthers look like post-CNFL draft, and then moving into the rest of the offseason as they'll have OTAs and they'll have mandatory mini camp, and then they'll go off to summer break before coming back to Spartanburg for potentially, possibly, one final time. So make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and please, Five stars if you can. Four if you don't. Don't be a hater. I, we have some haters, but we do have some people that have been pretty good. I really like this one I got from NFL Super Pro the other day. talking about very engaging. I really do like Julian. I don't necessarily agree with him on all his viewpoints, but the ability to have someone on who's plugged into the team that I've followed since the first day they were announced as an NFL franchise is great. There are days when I love to hate him. That aside, great content so far, and I'm looking forward to getting you something soon for your Friday mailbag. Congrats on the new gig. Look forward to listening to you daily. Look, you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to like me every day, but I do want to be able to have some discourse with y'all, which is why I asked you to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, which is why I asked you to send me in the mailbag. So, five stars. Don't be a hater. It's not that hard, okay? Um, Also, you can find me on Spotify. You can find us also on Odyssey. You can find us on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, and well, pretty much, as you've heard, wherever you get your podcasts from. On today's show... We are dangerously close to the NFL draft, as we know. And it really feels like to me the Carolina Panthers desperately want to trade back. Also, Peter King, Jonathan Jones, and others are out there with their final NFL mock drafts, finally coming to an end. And Todd McShay of ESPN, he has a little bit of insight and intel on what he's hearing about the Carolina Panthers. So going to get into all of that, but starting off with the Carolina Panthers and what they're going to do at number eight. I feel like coming out of Friday's pre-draft press conference with new general manager Scott Fitterer, and second-year head coach Matt Rule at the Carolina Panthers want to move back. I was actually enjoying a few cold beverages on Saturday evening at a local place called the Thirsty Beaver. You might have heard of it over in Plaza Midwood. Charlotte Icon, Charlotte Staple. And in comes Joe Person of The Athletic, who covers the Carolina Panthers. So me and Joe got a little one-on-one time just to kind of figure out what, how we felt about what the Carolina Panthers want to do moving in this draft and I think we both came to the consensus at least this is how I feel and I think Joe feels the same that the Carolina Panthers are I'm not going to say very likely to trade back but they definitely do want to trade back I do believe if a guy like Panay Sewell 
somehow does not go to the Cincinnati Bengals, that they would probably take him at eight. Kyle Pitts, of course, if Kyle Pitts is there, I'm sure they'd probably take him at eight. If Rashawn Slater's there at eight, I don't know. Justin Fields, of course, we've had the conversation. If he's there at eight, it's going to be very hard to pass up. But I do believe this team wants to move back. That I brought up with Peter King when he wrote in Football Morning America. We'll get into his thoughts in his latest article. That I do believe that they want to move back in this draft. That they would rather be able to collect assets, stay within that top 15. As Scott Fitter mentioned on Friday, he had mentioned back when he was first hired by the Carolina Panthers and first introduced to us that he really sees a difference once you get past that 15 spot. That he they only have 16 players on their board this season that they have first-round grades on. So I do not see them going anywhere past Arizona right there at 16. I don't really see Arizona being a trade partner. I don't know what they would want to trade up for. But, of course, New England is a team that we brought up there at 15. That could be interested in a Justin Fields or Mac Jones if he does not go to San Francisco. And San Francisco... At three, apparently, according to Adam Schefter, which has been the big news, I think it came out last night, maybe it was Ian Rappaport, but either way, one of those two, that apparently the the 49ers are in between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. That they traded up initially for Mac Jones, that's who Kyle Shanahan still wants, while the scouting department's looking at Trey Lance being like, this is the better player. But yet, they're still fighting in-house, trying to figure out what they want to do ahead of the draft. That's their problem. And it still works out to where... Joe Person, who, again, I ran into at Thirsty Beaver on Saturday night, says that he's not really sure they're very interested in Mac Jones or Trey Lance. But Fields, that could change things up. In my opinion, how I feel about the Carolina Panthers right now, as we are about 48 hours or so, whenever you're listening to this, from the NFL draft, is if this is a scenario played out, I believe they'd trade out. Obviously, Lawrence. Obviously, Wilson. 1-2. Let's just say Mac Jones goes three. I don't think it matters. I don't think they're going to take Justin Fields, apparently, according to all the reports. Four, Atlanta takes Pitts. Five, Miami, or Cincinnati, rather, they they take Sewell. They take Sewell. Okay, Sewell's off the board. Six and seven, I'm going to assume someone trades up and takes Justin Fields. I'm going to assume another team potentially trades up and takes Trey Lance. But really, if any team trades up and takes Justin Fields, I think right then and there, Carolina's like, okay, well, Sewell's gone, Pitts didn't drop, Fields is gone. Are we that much in love with Rashawn Slater? Let's just move back. Let's move back and let's pick up that second rounder that we lost when we traded for Sam Darnold. Let's pick back that fourth rounder we lost when we traded for Sam Darnold. Let's maybe get an extra pick in this year's draft. Because we don't have as many picks as we want, especially after giving up that six-round compensatory pick. And really, how much value is that that you sent to New York for Sam Darnold? I think if that scenario plays out to where Pitts is gone, which I think is going to happen, I think Fields is probably going to go. I just I don't see him dropping that far because I, I still believe he's the second-best quarterback in this draft. And then Sewell's gone to Cincinnati because they find someone with some common sense in the organization that they trade out. I think even if those guys are on the board, like say Fields is there, there at eight, I still feel like they feel like in that situation, well, we already have Sam Darnold. We believe that with the guys around him in this organization, in this system under Joe Brady, that we can succeed, at least for now, with Sam Darnold. has doesn't have to be the quarterback of the future. They've yet to go out there and exercise the fifth-year option. I feel that even with Fields there, they can have a team interested in trading up. And I also believe, too, that all the talk about them being interested in Fields, it's kind of a smokescreen. Give the illusion 
that you want to take Justin Fields at eight. Now it could be the great this it could be a good decision to take him at eight. It could be. But is that the what they really want to do? Is it? I think what they really want to do is trade out from eight and take one of these cornerbacks. And a cornerback I think they want to take is JC Horn out of South Carolina. That's what I think they want to do. I don't see him taking Caleb Farley because of the back issue. Sertan, I don't know if he's I don't think he's still gonna be there depending on how far back they trade. I think J.C. Horn at South Carolina right now, in my gut, I feel like that's going to be the pick for the Carolina Panthers. They move back from eight. They find J.C. Horn in the middle part of the, in the early teens, and that becomes their player. It's, settled, it's, it's a position of need, certainly. Of course, Boye, Dante Jackson. Dante's going into a contract year. Boye, two-year deal, probably more like really a one-year deal. If things work out, he'll be back for a second year. Who knows? Maybe he can get, get an extension. I don't know. But J.C. Horn certainly would allow the Panthers – to not worry about whether they're going to be able to sign Dante Jackson or in this position next offseason where they lose both Dante Jackson and A.J. Boye, their starting corners. So my my feeling right now is that the Carolina Panthers want to trade back and they want to take a corner. From my conversations, from everything I've heard from Scott Fitter and Matt Rule over the last weeks, and especially on Friday, I believe they want to trade back and take a corner. And that corner will be J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. All right. We have mock drafts finally being finalized. After 5.0 and 7.8.0, Peter King puts out his one mock draft of the year. Jonathan Jones, who I scolded via text message for putting out a mock draft, he's now put out his 2.0 and what he's finally hearing as we are days away from the NFL draft. And also some Carolina Panther legends. And not all of them are legends, but some former Carolina Panthers. Spoke to the Observer on what they felt the Carolina Panthers should do right there at 7, so I'll get or at 8 rather, so I'll get to that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. And that should be really good, by the way. Those guys do a great job. Joe Marino, who hosts the Locked On Bills podcast, also part of Draft Dude, Trevor Sikama, Benjamin Solak, all those guys. Kyle Krabs also hosts the uh, Locked on Dolphins. Those guys do a great job at Draft Network. Those guys are killing it, so make sure to check that out for sure, as I'm sure they're going to have a ton of stuff on the Panthers. And Joe Marino and Trevor Sigma both live here in Charlotte. Trevor's been doing a podcast for the Panthers for their for their website the last couple weeks, 
that's been really good. So definitely, if you want any more, more Panther stuff, and you want Panther stuff from guys who really love the draft, like this is what they do, like that's what signs or checks, those are the guys to listen to. So definitely check that out. I'm not saying don't listen to me, but like when it comes to draft, that's not that's not my forte. That's not what I love. Those guys love the NFL draft, so make sure to check that out. It's going to be really good coverage coming on through the next couple weeks. Now, some guys who love the Carolina Panthers, I don't know whether they love the draft or not, but some guys who love the Carolina Panthers have suited up in the black and blue, spoke to Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer Sports columnist, and just said what they feel the Carolina Panthers should do. And you know where I'm at with this. Left tackle, obviously. Sewell, if he's there, if they don't take him, we riot. So, Kevin Donnelly, former offensive lineman, of course. Jake DeLome, Al Wallace, Kurt Coleman, Wesley Walls, John Beeson, and Jordan Gross were all asked this question. Donnelly, DeLome, Wallace, Coleman, and of course... Jordan Gross all said, left tackle. I believe it was Al Wallace who said, stop the revolving door. Stop it. It's time to finally settle in. And I thought the best point that was made, everyone talks about how this is a quarterback-driven league. Yes, you need to have a quarterback. But you have seen teams have just okay quarterbacks and be able to win games with them. But you know, you don't see teams with bad offensive lines go out there and win a ton of games. You don't see teams that can't get after the quarterback go out there and win a ton of games. Like last year... Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater, okay, not great, especially in the final six weeks of the season. But you know, Austin wasn't great. The offensive line was terrible. The pass rush was markedly worse because they were youth, because of youth mainly was a lot worse than it was the year prior, where they were second in the league in sacks. So when you can't get after the quarterback, you can't protect the quarterback, and you don't really have a quarterback. How much success are you going to have? Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. What have they done this off season? They have surrounded him with offensive line talent. Just did the trade on Friday with the Ravens and bringing Orlando Brown Jr. They signed Joe Thune. All they care about is protecting their quarterback and winning the line of scrimmage. Because they saw in Tampa Bay back in February in the Super Bowl how they could not do anything. And as great as Patrick Mahomes looked getting out of the pocket and throwing some ridiculous passes that weren't caught and he couldn't convert, he can't do it by himself. So... Again, this is a line of scrimmage league. So as much as we care about getting a quarterback, what does it matter if you can't protect them? What does it matter if you can't, on the other side of the ball, get after the other quarterback? You can have the best quarterback in the league, like Patrick Mahomes, but if you can't get after the the quarterback and you can't protect them, you're not going to win. I mean, yeah, they won a lot this past year, but when they got to the ultimate prize and they went up against a really good offensive line in Tampa Bay and a great defense, especially pass rush, and then the GOAT and Tom Brady, who won the day? The defense of Tampa Bay won the day. So that's really, I mean, if that's the thing that we have to remember going into the draft. Like, obviously, pass rush is not necessarily um, the priority this year. It's not priority at all outside of just kind of finding a three technique to play inside next to Derrick Brown and now Daquan Jones, who they just signed last week from Tennessee, or former Titan who's a free agent. But still, just thinking about that. Like, these are guys who played for the team who are saying, get a left tackle, protect your quarterback. Put Sam Darnold in the right position and situation to be able to succeed. Wesley Wallace, former tight end, he did ask whether Pitts dropped. You know, what do you do there? Obviously, I mean, maybe you take Pitts, but he did say, like, left tackle. John Beeson was the only one who was saying take a wide receiver, which I think is a little ridiculous. But, hey, teach his own. That's that's his own opinion. Go ahead. So, Peter King, his mock draft. He only does one, which I respect. Only do one. I don't need to have multiple ones. Only do, only do one. He said Justin Fields at eight for the Carolina Panthers, saying the tiniest of tiny clues, interesting that the Panthers have yet to say it, about 
giving Sam Darnold his fifth-year option, which they've said they have a strong plan in place, according to Scott Fitterer, on what they're going to do. Again, May 3rd, two days after the draft, is when they have to both make the decision on DJ Moore and his fifth-year option and Sam Darnold, who they just traded for a couple weeks ago. So Peter King brings that back, brings that up. They won't do it either till after the draft. Count the Panthers is another team that would love to take a, a parcel of picks from New England or Washington to move down. As I wrote last week, Carolina hates the fact that the franchise has averaged 6.2 picks per draft in the last eight years when the team average is 8.1. I'm not sure at all they'd use the picks here on fields because they're truly optimistic about Sam Darnold. But owner David Tepper has made no secret that finding a franchise quarterback has to be the job one, two, three, and four on the team. Has to be has to be job one, two, three, and four on the team, rather. Fields falling to them makes sense, even if it would crush the new incumbent quarterback. Yeah, it would absolutely crush Sam Darnold if that happened. Like, I still believe, like, build around Sam Darnold. That's what I believe. But also, I do think Justin Fields is a better player. Or has the potential to be a better player. And I would rather have Fields' contract coming in than have to make a decision on potentially giving Sam Darnold $18.8 million next year. That would make no sense to me. But if that does happen. Like, if they do get to the point where they're, all right, we're going to take Justin Fields, fine. Take Justin Fields. But you better find a way to go get that second and fourth round pick from next year's draft. Go find that pick again. Get more picks. Start trading back. That's what I want to see. If they're going to do that, then go and do that. But it, but still, you need a left tackle. So how are you going to be able to identify a left tackle? Are you going to trade back into the first round? Are one of those guys who are going to be around in the second round going to be good enough? Are they fine with Cam Irving? And Greg Little and Trent Scott, that combination, are they fine with those guys rotating this season and addressing it next year? Like, how many times are you, you can't just keep kicking this can down the road? You can have all those weapons around, but again, if you can't protect them, it's not going to matter who's back there. Whether it was going to be Deshaun Watson, if that would have worked out, or whether it been Matt Staff or Bridgewater still, or Darnold or, or, or Fields, it doesn't matter if you can't protect them. So, if that does happen where they do take Justin Fields, fine. Go be, get back that second and fourth round pick from next year's draft. Find a way to trade Teddy Bridgewater, which, by the way, Peter King did say that it wouldn't surprise him if the Broncos do not draft a quarterback and they make a mid-round deal for Teddy Bridgewater. So that might be an opportunity to get back that fourth round pick. Because if Denver's that desperate for competition for Drew Locke and they don't want to trade up, because the way their general manager, George Payton, was talking about the last week during his pre-draft press conference... He doesn't really sound like a guy that's really dying to move up. And a lot of people close to the Denver media don't really seem like they think the Broncos are going to move up. I've mentioned that's my favorite trade potentially if they are that desperate for a quarterback. But George Payton, again, comes from Minnesota, was there in that draft room when the Vikings decided to take Teddy Bridgewater those couple years back as their franchise quarterback. So that would make sense why they would bring him in. But the one issue is that Carolina Panthers are going to have to eat some of that salary if that does happen. So it makes sense that they can recoup that pick. But it's going to be difficult just knowing that they're going to have to eat some of that salary. Quickly, Jonathan Jones uh, here in Charlotte of CBS Sports, NFL writer, yada, yada, yada. He has Panthers taking Patrick Sertan at Alabama corner saying yes. And he has Justin Fields on the board, by the way. He says, yes, I have Carolina passing on fields. They like him, but it appears Carolina wants teams to believe that they could take him by virtue of not yet picking up Sam Darnold's fifth-year option, the whole smoke screen, yada, yada, yada. And he had said that he reported it back on the day of the trade that they would exercise the option, even though they have not done it, which makes sense. There's no rush. Why tell the league that, hey, we are 
investing in this guy for two seasons when you could say we're only going to have him for one year and then we could still take a quarterback if they're able to sucker a team to move up and take a quarterback like a Justin Fields. But apparently right here they're going to bypass it. So they want to drop the price, yada, yada, yada. They don't want to go too far back, though. And just because you want to trade back doesn't mean you'll be able to trade back. Carolina gets the best corner at position of need at number eight. Like, I, I'm i at the point, like I said earlier, I'm at the point where I believe that this team is going to draft a corner in the first round. It's either going to be a trade back for J.C. Horn or potentially in this situation, if Panay Sewell does, in fact, go to Cincinnati where they take Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. Now, that's just how I feel. Now, Todd McShay, he is plugged in. As anyone out there, he does his mock drafts at ESPN. As we know, I've been over some of them on this podcast. He had some of the latest things that he's hearing about the Carolina Panthers, which include, of course, Sam Darnold, Justin Fields, and what the Carolina Panthers could potentially do at eight if they do stay at eight there in the first round on Thursday evening in the NFL draft. So, all that in just a minute. But first, let me tell you guys about our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, it's been thought by a lot of people out there. Thought, seen, viewed, however you want to look at it. Whatever adjective you want to use. That when we get to eight, I mean, because the draft starts at three, technically, with San Francisco, even though we're, we've heard it's either Mac Jones or Trey Lance. If that's true, I think it should be Justin Fields. But, hey, it could be a Carolina Panther, and it works out for all of us, especially the folks out there who still want a quarterback at eight. But it could get real interesting because you, you get Atlanta probably at four. I, Julio Jones apparently is out there on the trading block. If Atlanta can get a first rounder or something good for Julio, then I think that definitely signals they want to tight Kyle Pitts. Now, if they keep Julio, Matt Ryan, who I know everyone's acting like Matt Ryan's in his 40s. And Panthers fans, y'all don't love Matt Ryan. That's fine. I get it. I mean, I'm not a huge Matt Ryan fan either, but I respect the player and know that he's been a good quarterback and he's been everything that Atlanta asked of him to be when he came in that situation post-Vic era. He might never be as beloved as Michael Vick. Well, that's he, that, well we know he's never going to be as beloved as Vic was in Atlanta, especially in the league too, but he's still been a good quarterback. 
So, like, they can probably win with Matt Ryan for the next couple of years. Like, wh- what are they going to win? I don't know. Probably not a Super Bowl. So, I mean, does it really matter? So, Matt Rule, or Matt Ryan, when it comes back, you got Pitts around him. you got Julio. Calvin Ridley's been awesome. And I know, I know early in his career with him and DJ, people were talking about how Calvin Ridley was a better player. I mean, DJ Moore's been pretty damn good. So, I don't know who's the better player, but I'm definitely fine with what we have here in Carolina. Not even fine. I'm, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm like, not ecstatic, but like, I'm very happy with what we have here with DJ Moore. So, Atlanta, it, I just don't make a lot of sense to me why they would take a quarterback. Like, they have a guy who you can win with. And I just think drafting a quarterback in the first round does not always lead to success. Like, yes, Matt Ryan is a first-round quarterback. He's been there for de- over a decade. Been a really good player for them. But come on. Just be smart about this. Like, that five. The Bengals, be smart about it. Just take the left tackle. You don't need a wide receiver. The bust potential for wide receivers is far higher than that left tackle like a Panay Sewell. At six, Miami, obviously you're taking a wide receiver. I did just talk about bust potential, but you are trying to build around your quarterback into a tongue of a low and actually give the guy a chance. At seven with Detroit, you lost Galladay, you lost Marvin Jones Jr. Yeah, it would make sense for Detroit to take a wide receiver there as well. So at eight, it's where it gets pretty interesting if there's no trades. Now, of course, there could be trades, but there's no trades. And Carolina's just sitting there at eight. And you get, like, again, what fields could be sitting there in that scenario I just brought up right there? Are they going to do what Jonathan Jones said and try and bait a team to move up? Or are they going to stay there and take a guy like Patrick Sertan? So from what Todd McShay is hearing, he said it gets interesting now with Carolina Panthers. The direction of this pick could end up surprising a lot of people, and I've heard a few different directions it could go. The first might be the most eyebrow-raising. One GM and one scout, neither affiliated with the Panthers, so that's important, told me they've heard the Panthers could be looking or lurking at number eight in the quarterback market. Yes, even after trading for Darnold earlier this month, and yes, with Teddy Bridgewater also on the same roster as competition, put that in quotes because there's no competition, Ohio State's Justin Fields' name was tossed around as a guy in mind. The thinking is Darnold has a cap hit south of $5 million, for 2021, extremely cheap for a starter, which we know, and the Panthers could see how this plays out the season, and then go from there. Again, they have yet to exercise fifth-year options, so, you know, they obviously are waiting to see what's going to happen. He says then that if Darnold shines, they have a good problem. I don't know if that's a really a good problem. I mean, because then if Darnold, if Darnold shines and didn't pick up the fifth-year option, then you got to sign him to an extension. Now, you could sign him to money that's less than what you would owe him guaranteed next year with 18.8. This might be a conversation we need to have later on in the week if they do, in fact, it, just as a hypothetical. But that that's going to cause a problem right there. So, yeah, good problem, I guess. But then that's why I've been talking. I'm actually going to talk about that later this week. So let me just pause that. Um, so having to decide which quarterback to build around and which one to attempt to move. And you don't draft quarterbacks in the first round like Justin Fields and don't build around them. You don't choose to build around Sam Darnold. But again, I'm going to get into the player this week. If he doesn't, they ha- already have a young replacement with potential on the roster. It's also worth pointing out Carolina doesn't have a pick, doesn't have has yet to pick up Sam Darnold's situation or fifth year contract. So we know we know all that. Now two things to remember here, according to Tom McShay, it's a smokescreen season, and this came from evaluators outside the Panthers organization. So based on that. It seems pretty clear that the Panthers, as we've been talking about, are trying to convince teams that they're going to take a quarterback at eight. I think that's exactly the illusion that they want. And I don't know. It might not even be an illusion. It might be a, a fact that the only way that they're, you're going to be able to get that guy, especially if it's Fields, you got to come up here and give us a King's Ransom. If they can fleece someone, it'd be amazing. Now, Dave Gettleman's talking about New York. Ah, I'm not going to get fleeced. About trading back. Like, buddy, you only get fleeced when you trade up. 
according to like ESPN did some Adam Schefter was a, there was a tweet out there a video they had talking about just weighing all the trade up quarter all the times that people have trade up for quarterbacks and how every team is overpaid. Now sometimes it works with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and um those situations sometimes it doesn't work. Sam Darnold, you know, it's right there in front of you. Arizona with Josh Rosen, it doesn't always work. Um he also Tommy Shea says, if it's not a quarterback or a trade, wide receiver appears to be the thought. If Kyle Pitts goes to Atlanta and Jamar Chase goes to Miami, Carolina would likely be focusing on whichever Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, the Lions, don't select that seven. And one last note, I've been told the Panthers prefer Panay Sewell of the top two tackles that are not as high on Rashawn Slater, which is interesting to me, especially Julian Council speaking now. It's interesting to me that they're not that high on Slater because they value positional flexibility. But I, as I've said with Slater, like if this guy projects to be a guard, and some teams view him as that. I mean, Carolina might be one of those teams. Why on earth are you going to take that guy as your left tackle when he might be better suited as a guard, especially with the arm length that he has or the lack thereof, in court, at least in comparison to how a lot of people feel the position should be played and what the prototype there at left tackle should be. So that's interesting to me. Not quite surprising, but even more so if that's the case and thinking about trading back where they could still get their corner, who I believe would be J.C. Horn, or they say at eight, could be Patrick Sertan. That's just kind of what Todd McShay is hearing. But it's a smokescreen. I, I I believe it. I really do believe it, guys, that this team's going to trade back and they're going to take J.C. Horn, or they're going to take a corner if J.C. Horn is not there. That's what I think is going to happen with the Carolina Panthers. So, as I said just there a moment ago, as we're wrapping up things, I, need to get, I, I do want to have a further discussion on this whole Justin Fields, Sam Darnold thing. Like, say they take Fields... Darnold starts this year and plays well. And that means that they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Like, what What then for the Carolina Panthers? That we're talking about draft day, draft week hypotheticals, and also hypotheticals that could happen sometime next season, if that's how things play out. So I definitely want to get out into that the rest of the week. Still going to try and track down a draft guy for you guys, so hoping to deliver on that promise. But again, check out all the stuff we're doing out here on the Locked On Podcast Network this week. The Draft Dudes, Locked On Draft Podcast, the guys over at the Draft Network who host podcasts here, they're doing a fantastic job, and they're killing it right now. So again, trying to hopefully I can track down one of those. So again, so again, this locks down another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast with me, Julian Council. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much wherever you get your podcast from and also follow me on twitter at julian council where i will take some of your draft mailbag questions one last time probably gonna do friday mailbag this week but i will sneak in your questions either on wednesday or thursday of the show so please dm me tweet at me i will take some of your questions ahead of the panthers draft choice there on thursday evening whether it's gonna be at eight or they trading back so thank you i love y'all appreciate the support the haters i mean i appreciate the hate too because it fuels me i'll talk to y'all later If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.